0: Faith, it's a trust thing. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 through 3. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for, referring to Adam and Abraham and, and Noah and the prophets before them. By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command. So that what is seen was not made out of what is visible. Paul giving a little taste, an explanation of what faith is. Our faith in the things unseen. Now faith is a word with a couple different meanings in in the English language. To have a strong belief or trust in something or someone, a belief in the existence of God, or strong religious feelings or beliefs, or a system of religious beliefs, faith, the word faith can refer to those different things. But in the Bible, we, the words that we translate into faith, one of the main Hebrew words in the Old Testament that gets translated into faith is amen, means to be steady, firm, Trustworthy. And in the New Testament Greek, John and Paul use two different forms of the same root. One is uh, pistuo and pistis, which means belief or to be convinced of the truth. These words are translated into belief and faith. Meaning that so to have faith in God, to have faith in Christ, to have faith in God's promises... It is to believe with full conviction in God, in Christ. And to fully and without doubt trust who He is and what He has done and what He has promised. That is faith. If we say we have faith in Jesus, we are, ultimately we are saying that we fully trust Him. We Oftentimes we use the word a lot, you know, we have faith that our car will, will start. We have faith in this and that. We have faith that the Packers will do better next year. Some of us aren't fully convinced of that, so it's not really a true faith. If we say we have faith in Jesus, we are saying we fully trust him. And since Jesus is to be the Lord of our lives, meaning that we have surrendered living for ourselves so that we might live for Him, if we've fully surrendered Him, if we trust Him fully and we've given Him control of our lives. It also means that we have surrendered doing whatever we feel like, no matter how pleasurable or lucrative it may be in the now, in exchange for living and doing what Christ calls us to, no matter how crazy, uncomfortable, or self-sacrificing it may be in the now. This is faith. If we say we have faith in Christ, we are saying that we fully trust God with our lives no matter how bad our situation or position in life might be. That's what it means to say we have faith, to say we have faith in Christ. And to say we have faith in Christ is to say that we have nothing to fear. So we say that. So why is it at times we we seem to struggle and have fear for what will be. Have fear for how things will turn out. So why do we often struggle to let go of control over our, our own lives and situations and allow God to take control? We saw in, in, in Hebrews there a reminder that God created everything out of nothing. Nothing we have this assurance, we believe He created everything, we, we believe in Christ and what He did for us on the cross, why can't we believe and have that same faith that He's going to bring us through our current situations and trials? Why do we struggle with this? Why do we struggle to allow God to do things the way He wants to, rather than to do things our own way? And for some of us, maybe we do give God control, but we, we still hang on, white-knuckled with fear and doubt, not <coughs> Truly trusting that he knows how to fly the plane, so to speak. We're holding on just in case he drops the ball and we need to quickly pick up the pieces of God's mistakes or if he somehow gets it wrong. If we're honest with ourselves, there are times our faith is, is lacking. We struggle to fully trust God and we, we struggle to give him full control. We struggle to give him control of our lives. It is often when we most need to to trust God and to give Him control, those situations that are beyond us. It is in those situations that we most often struggle with fear, anxiety, and doubt, and we most often struggle to trust God. We seem to uh, struggle with trusting Him in the moments we need to trust Him the most. So, why do we struggle in our faith? Why do we struggle to trust God? We believe, have faith, have conviction beyond doubt that God is the creator of all, that he loves us, that he has set us free from death and sin through Jesus. We believe Jesus rose from the dead. We believe he's given us eternal life, that he's taken care of us on the eternity side, but we somehow struggle to believe he will take care of us on this side of eternity. I believe quite simply much of it is to do with the fact that we have had our faith in other things and people broken time and time again. We've been let down by our our government and elected officials time and time again. (laughs) By schools and teachers. We've been let down by jobs, bosses, coworkers, careers. Churches, pastors, fellow believers, even our friends and family, even by parents, spouses, and children. Those closest to us, those who we are most supposed to trust, have let us down from time to time. We are constantly told to trust and rely on this or, or that or this person or that person. And if we are let down or have had our trust broken one too many times, we we begin to stop trusting in general. We stop relying on people or structures. And we turn oftentimes to the one person who probably has let us down more times than anyone else, ourselves and when we allow all of our past hurts and our fears and our, our insecurities to keep us from letting go of our fearful control, we, we don't give up control because we're afraid. We know we are imperfect. We, we expect ourselves to, to fail. We know we're going to fail. We know we're imperfect. We know we let ourselves down. And if we don't have that understanding and realization, then we got a whole nother ball of issues to deal with but we know we're imperfect we expect ourselves to fails but to fail but we are still afraid that if we let go and let God have control that for some reason he will or another he will let us down and then the one being who we know is perfect the one person who we we think we have faith in that somehow if we give him control somehow some way he'll let us down and then that image that perfect image of God that we rely and trust on will then be broken and we'll be left with nothing. So so oftentimes we we fail to give God control because we don't trust Him to be God. We're afraid that He will be one more failure. We're afraid that He will be one more reason not to trust. I'm here to tell you this morning without a doubt that God will never break His promises to us. He has never and will never let us down. Deuteronomy chapter 31 verse 6, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them, for the Lord your God is with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Paul echoes this in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Paul is saying, don't put your trust and desire in the things of this world. Don't put your trust in your desires and your hopes and money or the luxuries of this world because they come and they go and they can't be trusted. Paul says, But put your trust and your desire and your hopes in God who can never be stolen, who can never be lost, who can never be squandered. His love is enduring, it is forever. He has promised to never leave us. <clears throat> to abandon us. Our faith in God is sometimes shaken because we have more faith in the ability of worldly means and a certain type of outcome in our situations than we do in God to do something unique and unseen. Our vision is very narrow and very small and oftentimes when we we think God has let us down but the reality is that we've had a certain solution, we've had a certain picture in our mind of how things should be and how things should be set right. And when God doesn't do what we want, when God doesn't do what we have designed and what we have planned, when He chooses to do what He has designed and what He has planned, we say, oh, God has let us down. Instead of looking to God to see how He wants to work in our lives we instead look to specific outcomes that we are most comfortable with. And sometimes we, we, we plan these things and we ask God to, to do what we want. God, I have this situation. If you could do this, this would be perfect. If you could just make that person fall off a cliff, all of my problems would be solved. Anybody ever prayed that prayer? Something similar? I've, I've kind of come close to that. Partly because I didn't want to. Do 25 years in prison. We sometimes only trust the working of God's hand as long as He colors within the lines of the small and dull pictures that we paint and put together for Him. We put a picture of how we want our life to be. We we draw lines of how we want um, our spiritual growth and how we want to be in the church. We grow lines of how we want our families to be and how we want our government to be, and how we want everything to work out. And then we ask God to bless and to color within those lines. And and God paints much more beautifully than we can ever. His vision goes beyond our vision. And there's nothing he loves more than taking a big, broad stroke and taking big, beautiful strokes in our life, and we may not see it until that final painting is done and we step back towards the end of our life and we see it. But that's where that faith and that trust comes in. We fail to see the amazing opportunities and miracles that God is either positioning us for or is going to bring about for our present and eternal good. There are times in our lives where we, we don't get the situation and the things that we want and we design Because down the road, we're looking at a small picture. It could possibly bring hurt or destruction to us. It could possibly lead us in a road that would would take us out of our path that God has for us. God's vision, His plans are not only for now, but beyond now. Five years, ten years down the road on into us being assured that we're with him in eternity. James chapter 1 verse 2 through 8 Consider it pure joy my brothers and sisters. I love James. I, I, love, I encourage everyone to read James at least once or twice a year. Uh, we may be doing this as, as a study with the uh, new study group tonight just to start out. But James has the audacity to say, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. He's not just saying, when when you're having a difficult time, when you have when you have trials of many kinds. Three, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete not lacking anything. There's something that James has seen and James understands that James and and the other apostles have experienced within their own life. We even see with the disciples shortly after Christ had had died that their faith was tested. Even after he arose again and ascended into heaven, the early churches forming, their their faith was tested. It was often shaken. And it was that testing, it was that shaking that sculpted and molded and shaped them into the men and the women that changed the face of this earth. Faith that has not been tested is not faith. Faith that has not been tested is a mere, unfounded belief. Many people say they believe in Christ. Many people say they believe, oh yeah, I believe in God. I believe He'll supply all my needs. But until it's been tested and it's been found true and they know without a shadow of a doubt that they can trust and rely on God, it remains just a belief. That's why James says it it brings about perseverance. It tests our faith. It produces perseverance. But faith that has been tried and tested is a conviction founded in truth. When our faith is tested and we hold firm and we trust God and we give Him control and He comes through, we know, yes, our faith we are convinced that god is true god is faithful and we're able to stand with those around us going through difficult times with complete assurance we're able to help be support and be rocks in other people's lives because we've gone through it we know that god is faithful how can we preach about a faithful god if we've never experienced his faithfulness How can we preach a God who who loves us and cares for us if we never give Him opportunity to love and to care for us? Verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea. Blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double minded and unstable in all they do. James is saying it takes the Holy Spirit to reveal to us, to give us wisdom, to be able to see what God is doing in the things that are unseen. It takes the Holy Spirit to give us wisdom to understand how God is going to bless and bring about opportunity in the trials of our lives. We don't always see it. We don't always understand it. And the vision may not be completely clear. We may not understand it yet. But there's that wisdom that, that fills us, and we know this situation is beyond my control. I have no answers, I have no solutions. But I know that my God will never leave me nor forsake me and he's brought me through past trials and he's going to bring me through this one. And so I know that God sees this problem, he sees this situation and there are better things yet to come. And if we truly trust God, he will reveal to us. He will, if we ask him, he will give us this wisdom and he will give peace and strength that can only come from the assurance of knowing that we are in his hands, that peace that passes all understanding. That when everyone are looking around and saying, what are you going to do? How are you going to deal with this situation? When people around you are saying, you know what? I would just die or kill myself if that happened to me. Yet we're standing there with full peace and full assurance in the things unseen. And those unseen blessings and opportunities. That though the world, though the enemy, who Satan may have tried to use to bring us down, to, do, to destroy us, to wreak havoc and chaos in our lives, when we give it to God, he will take it and he will shape it into something beautiful. He will turn a theft into an opportunity to be blessed. He will take a hurt into an opportunity to heal and to grow stronger. You'll take an insecurity and turn it into a full assurance and faith of who we are in Him, knowing that we are loved and that we will never be forsaken. God responds and He moves on behalf of those who truly trust in Him. We cannot say that we truly worship and serve him if we have put greater trust in ourselves or other people or other things. We worship what we trust. We worship what we have faith in. And if we have more faith in ourselves and more trust in ourselves than we do God, we are worshiping ourselves. And if we have more trust, faith in the things and the structures of this world than we do in Christ, then we are worshiping the things of this world. When we see the things in our society and we become afraid and we fear that God has lost all control and we look to things in this world to, to gain some control, to gain some form of peace, we are in essence worshiping those things and we are no longer worshiping the God who created everything out of nothing both the seen and the unseen. And as James said, when our faith is not in Christ, when our trust is in the things of this world, we get blown back and forth. And oftentimes we we feel like our life is a little dingy, and we're out in a huge ocean, we're getting banged up and down, we're getting knocked around, and we wonder why do I keep getting knocked around so much in life? Why are my emotions always up and down? Why can I never have peace? And it's oftentimes because we are not trusting in God. The storms of life will always blow. There will always be rough waves, there will always be times of trials, and there will be times of testing. And James isn't saying rejoice in these things because God is sending these things to you. No, God does not cause pain. God does not cause uh, destruction. But he's saying rejoice in these things because in these moments, in these things, you will see your God move. You will see God's love lived out. You will see how God is positioning you for something better. And you will be transformed into who God is calling you to be. God's love, his desire and intention, intentions for us were tried and tested on the cross. We know that God will never leave us and forsake us. We know that we have full assurance in Christ. He walked through every testing, every trial imaginable on this earthly planet. He went through the trial and the testing of having the very presence of God separated from him as he hung on the cross and took our sins and our shame upon himself. Yet because of his love, he endured. He knew that God in heaven was faithful and would hold his promise. And three days later, he rose from the dead. He rose to that promise And that same promise we have that no matter what situation we have in life, no matter how our life may look or has been, that God will raise us to life. He will raise us out of our past situations, out of our current situations, into the hope and the purposes and the plans that He has for us. This alone is reason enough to have faith and to trust God. To have faith and trust in the things unseen. when the picture doesn't look like that beautiful small little picture we want it to look like that we tear that picture up and we say you know what God it's a blank canvas I trust you paint your picture in my life I trust you Heavenly Father we just thank you Lord your word we thank you that we have full confidence in you and lord i pray right now in jesus name if anyone's been struggling if they're going through trials and testings i pray right now in jesus name that you would strengthen our faith that you would give us wisdom beyond this world to see and understand that you are in control May we have wisdom to know that things are best left in your hands than in our own. And Father, may our eyes and our ears be open. May we draw close to you that we may walk in obedience. Lord, your word says that faith without works is dead. And so, Lord, we have full faith and trust in you and in your plans. And so, Father, we ask that you would speak to us, that you would give us wisdom, that your Holy Spirit would guide and direct us, that we would take the steps that we need to take to do what you're calling us to do in these situations and in these trials. Father, that we would take the actions that we need to take, that we would not respond the way we would respond, that we would not respond to and, and act the way we would act to deal with things, Father, but that we would listen to your Holy Spirit and we would take the steps and we would say the things and believe for that which you put on our hearts rather than what we desire in our own fears and insecurities. Lord, may we fully relinquish control of our lives and give it to you. Lord, may your faith arise within your church. May we learn to quit trusting the things of this world and fully trust in you. Lord, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.